Warning, this podcast contains adult language and material that may not be suitable for younger or more sensitive listeners. You have been warned. Welcome back to the cursed cruise ship that leaves port for the island of lost souls every hour on the hour. Drinks not included because there's no guarantee you'll ever return. This spooky show. We are the steadfast crew of this doomed vessel, the Ghoul Babes. I put the try in triangle. Y'all, I tried. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm Jade. In Hell's Orchestra, I'm first chair Devil's Triangle. I'm Vivian. <laughs> That's pretty good. It is pretty good. I know. I appreciate I it. Clever. <laughs> Bermuda, Bahama, come on, Spooky Mama. That's right, Spooky Nation. This week, we are traveling to the Caribbean by way of the devilish and mysterious Bermuda Triangle. We're going to delve deep into the strange cases that have awarded the area its mystic reputation, as well as into variations of other vile vortices that vex the mind and V-hold much mystery. Sorry, I recently rewatched V for Vendetta and it may have stuck with me. Anyway, fasten your seatbelts, mind the emergency exits, they're barred anyway, and let's prepare for takeoff. The Bermuda Triangle, or Devil's Triangle, is a region in the North Atlantic Ocean between Florida, Puerto Rico, and Bermuda where planes and ships have been known to supposedly disappear. But are these disappearances due to something paranormal? I don't know. Let's get into it. Let's, let's, shall we? So the history of the Bermuda Triangle begins with our least favorite Christopher, Christopher Columbus. Yeah, boo. Yes. Boo. Get off the stage. Your holiday sucks. Your holiday smells. <laughs> you know what it smells like? Shit. And syphilis. And bitch. It smelled like bitch in here. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Around the time when he discovered the new world. She was making air quotes, by the way. Yes. Yes. You can't discover something that's already there, bitch. Full stop. (laughs) Full stop. People are living there. Full stop. You can't discover that. You discovered dick, Christopher. That is your real name. Sorry. (laughs) It's fine. But yes, we are side eye, we are side eyeing you, Columbus. Mm-hmm. He reportedly saw a quote flame of fire crash into the sea in the triangle. That may have been the earliest incident to occur in the triangle, but the earliest disappearances didn't appear in print until late 1950. That's a while. Yeah, that's a gap. <laughs> that's a very big gap. That is that is that is a, the gappiest gap that ever gapped. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my brains today. (laughs) That meme's got me all fucked up. I've got a sunburn and I'm fucked now. First published in the Miami Herald on September 17th, 1950, Edward Van Winkle Jones, which top-notch name, by the way, (laughs) first spoke out about strange disappearances occurring within the area of the Bermuda Triangle. He wrote of numerous planes and ships that disappeared as early as 1945, such as the Sandra, a 350-foot freighter that disappeared on its journey to Puerto Cabello, Venezuela, and a flight from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Miami that disappeared sometime after 4 a.m. on December 27, 1948. 
He also rode of various other planes and ships that went missing, such as the British planes Star Tiger and Star Ariel, which we will get into a little bit later, and the five torpedo planes that took off from Fort Lauderdale and simply vanished. He said, quote, These and other modern mysteries have established a role of about 135 persons who went forth confidently into a world they thought small. But it is the same big world the ancients knew, into which men and their machines and ships can disappear without a trace. Unquote. I love that quote. That's a great quote. That is that is top notch. Great job, Van Winkle Jones. Top notch wordsmanship. Wordsmithery? Wordsmithy. Something. <laughs> I don't know. My brains. <laughs> Two years later, Fate Magazine published an article, Sea Mystery at Our Back Door, by George Sand. Sand brought attention to the disappearance of Flight 19, which we will also delve into in just a moment. His article was the first to suggest a specific layout of the triangle, as well as the first to suggest a possible spooky supernatural reason for the flight's disappearance. His suggestion would later be supported, at least in part, by Alan W. Eckert, who wrote in a 1962 article in American Legion magazine that the flight leader had been heard saying, quote, we are entering white water. Nothing seems right. We don't know where we are. The water is green. No, white. He also wrote that officials at the Navy Board of Inquiry stated that the planes flew off to Mars. Because that seems a rational explanation. We don't know where they went, so Mars? Mars? <laughs> it's like that card in Cards Against Humanity, just bees? Question bees? mark? Mars? Question mark. You know, totally seems rational. Going back quickly to the layout of the triangle, this is by no means a small segment of ocean, Spooky Fam. The Bermuda Triangle spans 500,000, yes, you heard that right, 500,000 square miles of ocean. A lot of space for shit to mysteriously go missing in, which apparently happens quite often enough to be an odd footnote. But we're going to delve a little deeper into some of those disappearances that stood out to us. The ship, nor her entire crew of 309, was ever seen again. And while no evidence exists to back up any single theory to explain the disappearance, many independent ones exist that blame everything from storms to wartime activity to structural failure while carrying a heavy load of ore. In fact, this ultimately was the fate of the Cyclops' two sister ships, the Proteus and the Nereus, both lost in the Atlantic during World War II. Yes, they both sank due to structural failure, apparently, because they were also ore ships as well. So it could have been that. But one would think, and again, we'll delve into these theories, yeah. but like one would think that you would then find it if it's sunk. True, but we'll get into some of the background theories as to why there's little wreckage, little to no wreckage ever found in sites like this. Um, the next disappearance was a few years later in 1921, um, a five-masted schooner called the Carol A. Deering was found run hard aground at Diamond Shoals near Cape Hatteras in North Carolina. There were no traces of survivors found or any crew whatsoever. Theories abounded that the ship had fallen victim to piracy due to rum running during the early days of Prohibition. In fact, another ship, known as the Hewitt, disappeared around the same time and may have been linked to the crew's mysterious vanishing. Mm. So I don't know if, like, maybe the ship was in distress. Like, the theory seemed to be that the... The original ship, the one that was run aground, uh -huh. maybe was in distress and maybe the other one picked the crew up. But then where did that other ship go? That wasn't really explained. So like two ships disappearing around the same time is a little weird. Very. 
Perhaps the most famous disappearance related to the Bermuda Triangle is that of the mysterious vanishing of Flight 19 in December 1945. The training flight of five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers vanished somewhere over the Atlantic and never returned to base. The flight plan was scheduled to take them east of Fort Lauderdale, Florida for 141 miles, then 73 miles north, then back over a final 140 miles to complete the exercise. The Navy officially attributed the disappearance to navigational error that led to the aircrafts running out of fuel before crashing into the sea. Communications with the missing flight before they disappeared underscored the difficulty they seemed to be having with their instruments as well. That's the one that we had the quote from earlier, where it was like, the sea, the white, the water's white, no, it's green, no, it's white. And they were also like, I guess, in when they were in communication with the tower, they were saying that they had issues with the instruments not reading properly. Like the ones especially that were based on magnets, like the compasses and things like that were not reading properly. Interesting. Both Star Tiger and Star Aerial passenger aircraft vanished in 1948 and 1949, respectively, on flights to Bermuda from the Azores and from Bermuda to Jamaica. Come on, pretty mama. We won't sing it again. I won't. (laughs) It's catchy, though. You know what song. Both planes, though, were said to be operating at the limits of their ranges, and only a slight margin of error could have easily caused a crash. So they were already, like, running skimpy on fuel, I guess, from the, the flight plan that they were on, which I don't know why you would do that, but... That they were like, it wouldn't take much for them to go missing, just like a hair of an error, like reading something wrong and right into the ocean or whatever. Why you would chance it in that area of ocean, I don't know. Yeah, because like you said, it's 500,000 square miles of ocean. That's a lot of ocean. I don't care how good you think that you are, you would think that you would over-prepare in that case. Right, that you wouldn't be skating on, you know, like such a thin edge of fate. Like, why would you test the fates in this area? You know how many planes and and things have already had difficulties and gone missing. So why would you, why would you test the fates? Why would you poke the bear per se? Dumb. (laughs) Very dumb. Speaking of dumb. Yes. In December, 1948, a Douglas DC-3 aircraft carrying 32 people on board on a flight from San Juan, Puerto Rico to Miami. Disappeared. Disappeared. Poof. That's a disappearing sound. Yes. (laughs) No trace of the plane nor any of its passengers were ever found. A Civil Aeronautics Board investigation determined that there was insufficient information to determine the possible cause of the disappearance. So Mars? Mars. Mars. Obviously Mars. Obviously Mars. Obvi. Or Nazis from Argentina. Or that. (laughs) That'll be next week, Spooky Nation. Get there. In 1955, a pleasure yacht called the Connemara 4 was found adrift in the Atlantic, south of Bermuda. The crew had vanished, apparently, but the ship had survived, tossed in the seas by three hurricanes. Wow. So it had got cotton in the midst of three hurricanes, but there were no traces. The ship was intact. No traces of anybody on board. The fact that it's a yacht, so it's it's a pleasure yacht, so it's not going to be like ginormous but it's a big boat that's a, that's a that's a large ship yes the fact that it can survive three hurricanes is amazing that's pretty impressive that's pretty impressive that had to have been a decently sized 
yacht for sure. It didn't say I would look, I could look into it, but it just didn't say off like how long it was, how big it was. But yachts of that size are usually about like 40 footers. So, I mean, that's a decent sized ship, mm-hmm. which would have then a decent complement of crew, which none of which were found. Which is strange. Right, that the people would just be gone, but the ship was left intact. And finally, in 1963, a pair of Air Force KC-135 Stratotanker aircraft collided and crashed into the Atlantic Ocean 300 miles west of Bermuda. The collision could have been due to human error or perhaps the same strange instrument interference that seemed to plague other planes in the area. Hmm. No one really knows for sure. No one really knows. Big question mark. Now, I mean, have there been other flight planes and ships that have gone through the Bermuda Triangle with no difficulty? Yes. There's also, like, really no 100% sure explanation as to why it affects certain planes and ships and certain vessels and not others. Um, but I think a lot of them also kind of pilot around that area just to kind of avoid it, just, you know, to hedge, hedge their bets. <laughs> well, and it seems like a lot of the aircrafts that go missing... And ships that go missing are military and military, nature, yeah, which is interesting in right. itself. Freight or military, it seems like a lot of. So then, how to explain the strange series of disappearances in the same geographical area? Well, there's a lot of theories. Some kind of out there and crazy. Some not so much. So let's get into it. Yes. So there are several working theories that attempt to explain the bizarre phenomenon of the vanishings that occur within the triangle and the other lesser-known so-called quote-unquote vile vortices that dot the planet's surface. The first of which is, you guessed it, aliens. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm preparing my tinfoil hat. Yep. Hit me. Hit you with this. Several theories cite the appearances of unexplained aerial phenomenon in the vast expanse, but you'll forgive my skeptical tone. With no further evidence to bank this theory on other than some random sightings and some weird lights that were seen in the area, this explanation is just about as thin as the fishing line that holds up the tin plate UFO in a bad 1950s sci-fi film. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Ed Wood. Looking right at you. Plan 9 from outer space, indeed. Yeah, I don't... I don't buy this one. No, I'm like... It was just aliens. And then I went, okay, well, how? And they were like, lights i don't know and i'm like okay, okay well there's nothing then who wrote this theory tom delong probably seems like his judge <laughs> just say aliens and then and he just appears <laughs> you say aliens, you say aliens three times tom delong appears like beetlejuice <laughs> <laughs> oh we said it twice we can't say it again <laughs> i don't want him in my house it's fair i was tempted <laughs> he'll never leave he'll just talk about him for six hours and never leave the next theory is perhaps just as far-fetched some have pinned the odd magnetic fields and telemetry to leftover technology from the fabled and lost continent of atlantis told you yeah i told some some of these are wild wild and out many believers and scholars Scholars, y'all. That's in quotes, y'all. Scholars. Air quotes again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pinpoint this area of the ocean as the location of the sunken continent based on clues from ancient texts. Psychic 
Edgar Cayce even claimed that Atlantis would be discovered in 1968, which is the same year that the strange underwater formation, which is the same year that the strange underwater formation known as Bimini Road would be discovered off the shore of the island of Bimini in the Bahamas. Believers cite the formation as an ancient sunken road and a wall, but scientists contest that the fabled Bimini Road is a natural occurrence of undersea erosion. When you look at it, it does really look like a road at first because it looks like cobblestones. And I could mm-hmm. see how people could point to it and be like, oh, okay, that's totally a street. Or, oh, the, okay, that was totally a road. And, oh, this looks like a wall. But it, there's really no, they have, there's no archaeological evidence to back that up. Like they've gone down there and they've not found like pottery shards or like traces of people having lived there it's just this formation that just is one of those it's just like we think it's just natural erosion aliens aliens (laughs) aliens (laughs) aliens so okay now that the tinfoil hat ones are out of the way we can get into some decidedly more scientific explanations (laughs) please one is that of the natural variations of a compass itself Compasses shifting and changing direction due to magnetic phenomena has been widely reported in accounts of disappearances and near disappearances in the triangle, especially. Some have claimed that magnetic anomalies may exist in the area, but as of yet, none have been measured or located. Compasses do, however, have natural magnetic variations in relation to the magnetic poles. Magnetic north and true north are exactly the same for only a short number of places, and the triangle is not one of them. People that may be unaware of this fact may think it an odd occurrence for the compass to shift so drastically in an area as large as the triangle or other vortices, but it naturally will. And of course, once they see that giant shift, they're aliens. probably, yeah, aliens. Or but like, it like, shouldn't do that. It's like, yeah, it does do that, though. Like, it, it, they only line up in certain points, and that's not one of them. Because magnetic north and true north are two different, are two different things. Right. Many believers claim that there would be wreckage of ships and planes if this was a natural phenomenon, which we kind of brought up earlier. Right. An explanation as to why limited wreckage is found or never recovered of those that do go missing is that of the workings of the Gulf Stream, which flows through the Bermuda Triangle. It's a very powerful current that is, for all intents and purposes, a river within the ocean. It has a maximum surface velocity of about 2 meters per second, which could easily carry off any floating debris or wreckage far away from its initial crash site. Of course, this theory only works for the Bermuda Triangle and not many of the other vile vortices spots. True. The Gulf Stream is very powerful and could easily sweep away any kind of wreckage before it could be found because it is very fast. <laughs> and of course, if you're if they go missing in one spot, they're only going to be looking in that spot and maybe like a few hundred miles out radius. Yeah. So if it's already been swept out past that radius from the current, then good luck. Yeah. It's again, this is a large swath of ocean you're looking at and it's deep in places. And like I said, the Gulf Stream is a very powerful current. So just because something crashes in the ocean or goes missing, there's no guarantee of finding it. You know, like how long it took them to find the Titanic when it sunk and they knew where it sank. So it just went really far down to the bottom. The area that covers the Bermuda Triangle is well known for being a spot for occasional violent storms and rough weather. Our next theory, or two, I suppose, are simple ones that build off of each other and the unpredictability of nature, human error, and violent weather. 
The disappearance of planes and ships can always be explained by human error coupled with violent weather phenomenon. Sailing or flying directly into a storm that's power has been underestimated has caused the loss of many vessels over the years. Not to mention that sudden downdrafts and quote-unquote air bombs from cloud formations have caused several sinkings of large ships like the Pride of Baltimore in 1986 and the Concordia off the coast of Brazil in 2010. Oh god, the Concordia. That is a whole other thing that we could talk about. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That captain, he douche. <laughs> he a dumbass. <laughs> he a dumbass and a douchebag. The dumbass of the highest caliber. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that makes sense because a lot of people, they're like, the storm's not that bad. Yeah, they're like, it'll be fine. No, it's that bad. Like, how many times has that happened where it's like a plane has gone missing or a plane has crashed in the ocean because they didn't think the weather was as bad as what it was or the wind wasn't as as, as sheared as fast, you know, like it, it happens. Human error. It happens a lot. We dumb sometimes. <laughs> Human, I guess it would be arrogance. Yeah. It'd definitely be arrogance. Yeah. Like, like, fuck you, Mother Nature. Fuck you and your wind. (laughs) Finally, the last theory sounds a bit nutter at first, but it does have some basis in science. We promise. Yeah. So stick with us. This explanation involves a substance called methane hydrates, which is a form of natural gas that occurs in large fields along the continental shelves. And the moment continental shelves were mentioned, I immediately, my culo puckered. Because I am afraid of continental (laughs) shelves. And we talked about this. We did, episode two. We did. Experiments have proven that bubbles of this gas decrease the density of water when reaching the surface and have sunk in model ships. As the ship sinks due to the shift in density, any wreckage rising back upwards to the surface would be rapidly dispersed by the Gulf Stream current. So again, Gulf Stream. Yep. This is kind of a combo one. It has been hypothesized that the occasional eruptions of methane under the surface, sometimes called mud volcanoes, mm-hmm. which I love that name. Mud for volcanoes, some me. <laughs> me, I'm a mud volcano. <laughs> me. Spirit animal. <laughs> mud volcano. So these mud volcanoes may produce regions of frothy water that are suddenly incapable of providing adequate buoyancy for ships. If this is indeed true, such an area of water forming beneath the ship. Even a large one would cause it to sink very rapidly and without warning. So, ocean farts. Yep. That's essentially the final theory. When I read this, I went, so ocean farts is the theory? The ocean cuts one and sinks a motherfucking ship every time she cuts one. (laughs) Every time the ocean cracks ass, a ship go down. Sounds like a bad yo mama joke. It does. It really does. I was like, well, I mean, because if it disturbs the buoyancy and if it causes the shift in density where the ocean, the water can no longer hold up the ship. Okay, that makes sense. The ship is going to sink like immediately. But I was not expecting it to be ocean farts. Like a whale goes somewhere and just ship down. (laughs) Drops. Fucking Moby Dick farts. That's how the book should have ended. <laughs> Just the whale farted and sinks Ahab's ship. Yes. <laughs> That's what you get, fucker. Symbolism, my ass. It was whale farts. <laughs> What's the symbolism behind that, Melville? That is your real name. It is his real name. <laughs> 
And of course, it goes without saying that this theory, while applicable to ships, does not apply to the aircraft that go missing in the area unless the ocean just fart that hard. <laughs> 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 just a cone of air shoots straight up and just blows them off course. But as we said at the beginning of the show, the Bermuda Triangle is just the tip of the proverbial iceberg, even though there's no ice there, but that's fine. Global warming, whatever. When it comes to strange vortexes of odd, unexplained power. In fact, strangely enough, it's been proposed by biologist and paranormal researcher Ivan T. Sanderson that there are 11 other such spots known as vile vortices across the surface of the world. Let's get into those. Yes. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming for a quick zazzle break. Ooh, a zazzle break. What's that? It's a break where we promote our merch. I am totally (laughs) fine with this. So if you have not been to zazzle.com slash this spooky show for shame. For shame. For absolute shame. We have a lot of merch on there. Um, we have masks on there. We have face masks. They're very fashionable. A couple of them and glassware for your kitchen and shirts and sweatshirts. There's a pair of shoes that are kind of fucking badass that I will give a hug to anyone who actually buys. They're expensive. Not going to lie. They're $80, but they're kick-ass fucking shoes. And I will personally hug you. She doesn't do hugs. I don't. That's a prize in and of itself. It is. We also have mugs that we've designed and everything is made in the U.S., yes. which is nice. Uh, so it gets to you pretty quickly and it, does. it, it supports the show. It does. It's a pretty quick turnaround for things that are customizable and it's pretty good quality. Yes. So I know you have a couple uh, mugs that you have the Sister Spaghetti mug, which is fucking fantastic, by the way. You should go buy one and the Bug Fuck Nutters mug, which is from our Aliens episode, a cult episode. It works for both, actually. There's a UFO on it. Um, and how have you have you experienced any issues with your with the, the imagery or the printing on your mug? I have not. Now, they are not dishwasher safe. So if you do get them, obviously don't chuck them in your dishwasher. Wash by hand. But they are some high quality ass mugs. And they are big mugs, too. Those ones that you made, they're extra large. So if you like your hot cocoa or soup, you kids bring some soup. Um, or just a fuck ton of coffee. Those are some nice mugs. We have a color changing one. Um, there's a, there's a lot on there. I kind of went ham with some of the merch. Some of it's kind of dumb, but I love it. So this show's kind of dumb. I mean, but you love it. It's true. There's a saucy Jackie, uh, barbecue sauce apron for all your outdoor cookout needs. Yeah. Summer's almost over, but you don't have to stop grilling. That's right. You can grill any time of the year. Grilling and illing. Right and here. Killing. And killing. Oh, done. <laughs> done and done. Look at that. So while you're listening to us, pop on over to Zazzle.com slash shop slash this spooky show. Check out our merch, support the show and look really rad. That's true. And they run sales all the time usually. So they do. They have like 20% off sales almost constantly. So you can get stuff at a pretty decent price. So yeah, that's Zazzle.com slash shop slash this spooky show. And now, back to the show. So Sanderson's theory states that five of these spots are located on the same latitude north of the equator, and five more are distributed similarly 
on the same latitude south of the equator. The remaining two spots are the North and South Poles, respectively. These spots are known for disappearances, strange lights, and aliens. Aliens. UFOs. UFOs. <laughs> the list of the spots... Oh shit, we said it three times. Is he here? No, he's not here. Okay, okay. good. Okay, God. <laughs> Ducked one on that one. I don't want him showing up in my house. Anyway, continue. The list of spots is as follows, according to Sanderson. One, the Bermuda Triangle, which is perhaps the most well-known of these spots. The most famous. Two, the Algerian megaliths south of Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. Indus Valley in Pakistan. Hemecula Volcano east of Hawaii. Devil Sea east of Japan. South Atlantic Anomaly. Wharton Basin. Easter Island megaliths, which... Those giant heads. The giant heads, yeah. The giant heads. We, we, we've been new about the giant heads. East of Rio de Janeiro, Loyalty Islands, and then the North and South Pole. So there's 12 in total. There are 12. And it's weird because they are um, evenly distributed apart from each other according to maps and graphs, which is claimed by researchers to show that the appearance and locations of the spots are far from random and suggest a pattern because they are so, like, it's like, it's like, not counting the poles, so pole, pole, five and five. Yeah, it's Northern equator, southern equator. Um, so they suggest that, that links to a pattern. This then leads into the theory that the vortices are heavily linked to what are called ley lines, important places of power and energy that run beneath the Earth's surface. Which would kind of make sense with the whole instruments going out of whack. Right, because and- magnetic fields and like things are supposed to be kind of stronger or out of balance in, in the areas where ley lines are. Um, there have been various claims about different vortices over time, and while the triangle is undoubtedly the most well-known, the creepy stories don't stop in the Caribbean. They do not. It's said that planes mysteriously vanish over the desert near the Algerian megaliths as well. The ancient city of Mohenjo-Daro in the Indus Valley was considered the location of the birth of Hinduism, but even this spot seems to hold a darkness to it. After its discovery in the 1920s, archaeologists found the scattered remains of more than 40 corpses, and with the god of destruction, Shiva, depicted in many statues in the ancient city. It leaves one to wonder if it was this dark energy that perhaps caused ancient civilizations to disappear. Or to be the inspiration for Temple of Doom. I choose to believe this one. Kalima. Kalima. I do that to Indy sometimes. I like do it on his chest. I'll go, Kalima, Shatite. And he's like, Mom, stop. Are you saying, stop it. Stop, Mom. You're scaring me. Get out of the house. <laughs> Quarantine has rotted your brain. <laughs> Hamakulia Volcano in Hawaii is said to be the focal point of the next vortex. Strange lights and magnetic phenomena have been experienced around the volcano, which perhaps can lend to the stories of ships and planes also disappearing off the coast nearby. The Devil Sea near Japan is also apparently taken very seriously by the island nation and its inhabitants. Lore spans back all the way to 1000 BC when the ancient Chinese believed that a dragon slumbered beneath the sea in that region that would pull ships to their doom. What does that sound like to you? Godzilla. Uh, exactly. Well, there's been no sightings of Godzilla outside of film. Some really, some really bad ones, too. That one that he looked like an iguana. Are you kidding me? worst ever this doesn't seem to stop ships from traveling that area or from vanishing in that area 
1952, a research ship, the Kayo Maru, was sent to explore the region to see if they could find any reasoning behind the disappearances, only to fall victim to the Devil's Sea as well. Oh. <laughs> the ship and her entire crew vanished. <laughs> How ironic. I know, right? Go find out what's causing disappearances. Cricket sounds. Oh, shit. <laughs> After this, the Japanese government officially declared that the Devil Sea was unsafe for research ships and transporting. They're like, you know what? We're not. No, what? Fuck that. We're not doing it again. (laughs) And just when you thought it couldn't get more fantastical, I have three words for you. Space Bermuda Triangle. That's right. You heard me. Yep. You did. You heard her. (laughs) The South Atlantic anomaly is unique in that it has been researched and studied extensively by NASA. Earth is surrounded by two radiation belts, an outer and an inner. Mm-hmm. Like an innie and an outie. <laughs> That's what I was thinking yep. of. <laughs> Around the area of the South Atlantic anomaly, the inner belt comes closer to the Earth's surface than any other spot and creates a field where the magnetic field is weaker. Mm-hmm. Satellites that pass through it often experience malfunctions and glitches, which, as you can imagine, also causes issues for planes in the area. Many of these disappearances of aircraft, no doubt, can be attributed to navigational and electronic malfunctions. So that one's actually been researched by NASA. So that's an actual thing. So I think they were probably wondering, like, why does this keep happening in this one area? Why do our satellites keep malfunctioning in this one spot? Oh, let's do some measurements and stuff. And they kind of seem to pinpoint that that's where that particular belt gets really close to the surface and causes weird shit to happen to electronics. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if my shit kept getting broken and it cost a lot of money, I would want to know why. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. for sure. Near the northeast corner of the Indian Ocean is the next vile vortices, which is Wharton Basin. Perhaps the final resting spot of missing Malaysian flight MH370 that vanished without a trace in 2014. Along the ocean floor in this area are very deep cracks and a lot of seismic activity where different tectonic plates meet. There is, however, no map of the seafloor in this area, and one has not been attempted to be made since the 60s. Because I'm pretty sure the ocean farted real thick one day, had itself some Chipotle, and that's what happened, folks. You know, these things happen real thick with two C's. It said excuse me afterwards, but (laughs) it was too late. It was too late. It was already done. The damage was already done. Flight MH370 may have been a victim of this strange spot like many before it, and may not be the last. The Easter Island megaliths are famous in their own right for being so mysterious. Many believe that they are the final remnants of a civilization that existed on the islands but eventually vanished due to poor resource management and economic failures due to environmental change. Kind of like now. I mean, kind of. A little on the nosy, but... Well, when you look at, apparently the, I guess, from what I've heard, the island had trees, like a lot of trees on it mm-hmm. at one point, and they basically just scalped the, 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 the ocean. They didn't scalp the ocean. They scalped the island. There's like no, not a stick left on it. Mm-hmm. So then they like, we don't have any shelter. They ran out of wood to build things. So, you know, and things just kind of started to backslide from there. And of course, if they can't, if they don't have wood, they don't have fire. Right. If they don't have fire, they don't have food. Death. It's just, it's a domino effect, yeah. and they eventually either died off or they left the island in search of other places to live. However, some like to go a step further and claim, like Ivan Sanderson, that the giant heads were moved by aliens as UFOs 
are commonly linked with the vile vortices. There's like, again, no proof behind this at all. Um, none. <laughs> it was not. just like giant heads, UFOs. All right. Well, I don't think one follows the other, but here we go. Basically, if we don't have an explanation for something, aliens. aliens. Mm-hmm. Tom DeLonge, stay the fuck out of my house. East of Rio de Janeiro has proven to be one of the tamer vortexes on the list, but also has its share of strange disappearances. A small ship called the Tunate 2 vanished there as recently as 2014. And was that the same area? Was that the same area that the Concordia vanished in? Yeah, because it was just off Brazil. Yep. Boom. Wasn't that the Concordia, van- it like crashed. Oh, okay. It sank. It's it it started sinking and the oh. captain was a douche. And the captain was like, he "Fuck fled. y'all, goodbye." Yeah, he fled, and they there's recordings. There's this whole documentary on YouTube that you can watch of it. It's fascinating. Um, but he's on the recording with I think it's the Coast Guard, and they're like, "We need you to return back to the ship. Like you're the captain. Yeah, you're we the need captain. you to return That's back." That's kind of your it. job. And he was like, "What?" I can't hear you. What? I'm going through a tunnel. Dude, you're in the ocean. There's no tunnels. What's that? And they're like, sir, we need you to come back to the ship. And he's like, what? I'm 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 losing losing signal. Asshole. Anyway, this is not a podcast about the Concordia, but if you want to look it up. I thought it was interesting, too, that we mentioned that earlier. And then I was like, oh, off the East Coast, I was like, off off Brazil. I was like, all right, well. Possibly. Yeah, it could be because of that. Could be. The Loyalty Islands are off the coast of Australia and have long been reported by sailors and seafarers to be loyal to no one. You see what I did there? These islands ain't loyal. These islands, they ain't at all. These remind me of like the island from Lost. Currents change strangely and violently and whirlpools also pop up in the area at random, apparently. This makes for some pretty terrible sailing conditions and many ships have been lost in the region. Scientists also discovered in 2012 that an island whose existence had been clearly established on maps and weather charts seemed to have entirely vanished. Damn. A whole island. A whole ass island. Y'all. A whole ass island. (laughs) Disappeared. That's a whole other level of vortex. That's like, we're not talking ships disappearing or planes disappearing. A whole ass island. (laughs) It was a thick fart. It was a big one. Lost. That's what happened. I'm lost. <gasps> Done. I didn't even see the show, but. Lost was just a thick ocean fart. Thick ocean fart. Get into it. No. J.J. Abrams. No. <laughs> so much lens flare. Magnetism always gets a bit wonky around the poles, too. So if you stand directly on them, your compass would just spin. An 1845 expedition to the North Pole failed miserably and all 149 men vanished. And traces were not found of them until almost 150 years later. Yep. Was it simply the inclement cold that got to them or was it something more? Despite being one of the most uninhabitable places on Earth, the South Pole boasts a population of about 4,000. All of them scientists and researchers. But some believe that an ancient civilization once lived here and that traces of them may be hidden beneath the layers of ice. Some point to a strange formation of rock that could be a pyramid, but further research into this has been proven challenging due to the harsh weather conditions and distance. I mean, it being 2020 and all, 
I I just not even risk nope. it. Nope. Nope. With our luck at this point, we would actually discover the thing down there. Just just leave it alone. Just leave it be. Just we don't need the thing to happen. We don't need that to become a documentary. I'm good. I'm good, fam. Twelve mysterious spots evenly spread out between both northern and southern hemispheres that are connected to places of supernatural power. Could it be possible that these spots are then all connected together in one mass group, like one long wormhole? Or if something disappears into one, does it reappear thousands of miles away into another one of these spots? Or are things that disappear within these strange spots forever doomed to be trapped in a never-ending loop of temporal causality? I mean, that would make for one hell of a book or a movie. That would be really cool. Like, that's why they're never seen again, because they're just stuck in this infinite loop between the vortexes, and they never get out. I think that'd be rad. That would be a very rad book. J.J. Abrams, call me. I have ideas. That don't involve lens flare. <laughs> so what do you think? Natural phenomenon explained by the laws of science or supernatural oddity? Mm, I I don't know. I feel like I lean towards the laws of science on this one just because of magnet, magnetic fields. And ships and planes do rely heavily on magnets and things like that. I mean, not as much as they used to because now they rely on GPS. Um, but I think it's more scientific and I think it's just areas of you know strong magnetism and shit like that that mess things up but the 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 believer in me would like it to be the other way around i don't think it is but i do wholly love that theory of them all being connected in one giant wormhole loop me too that is just my theory by the way i i agree i think it's more laws of science because i i'm a skeptic Mm -hmm. and lean more towards that but also it is very just weird. It's odd. It's There's very odd. it's when you stack up the accounts of things disappearing and the way things happen like that. And like I said that there's 12 and there's like, you know, it's, it, it's an odd coinky day. It's very odd coincidence. Like I can see how, you know, the dots can be connected easily without, you know, with not using science as an explanation. Like I could see it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the believer in me, you're the Shane of the show and I'm the Ryan. Except when it comes to ghost hunting, then I'm the Shane because I was not even care. <laughs> Demons, it's me, your boy. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm that one. And I'm like, ah! I'm like, eat my ass spirits. And you're like, please don't eat my ass spirits. <laughs> please don't eat my ass. Please don't. Um, I'm not confrontational on ghost hunts, actually. I'm very respectful. But, um, I, but very much when we're doing things like this, you're very much the Shane. Of BuzzFeed Unsolved, of course, which is one of our favorite shows. Yes. And I'm very much the Ryan that I'm like, I want that to be true. Like, I want the supernatural side of it to be a thing. But the 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 science believer in me, the skeptic in me goes, but there's too many things that can explain it away. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely think it's more laws of science than oddity. But it is weird. Like you said, there's it's it's a weird thing. So yeah. that's that. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Spooky Nation. Join us in two weeks because have we got one hell of an event planned for you. Yes. Yes, we do. That's right. For the very first time, we will be broadcasting our next episode live via YouTube. Yes. So if you have not checked out our YouTube, this spooky show, you need to go over, you need to subscribe, you need to hit the bell. Yes, hit the bell so you get all those notifications, all them juicy notifications. Because you'll get a notification as soon as we go live, and you do not want to miss it. Oh, no. We have props. 
it's going to be good. So why don't we tell them what it's about, shall we? we so should. plan on bringing your tinfoil hats. I hope you kept them. We told you to. We warned you. You have been warned. Tinfoil hats. Because we're going to be talking about nothing but conspiracy theories in episode 30. The chemtrails taste like chemtrails. Conspiracy theory round robin. Keep your eye out for some special guests, as well as some opportunities to win some fantastic prizes when you tune in. So mark it on your calendar, Spooky Fam, August 25th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This spooky show will be beamed directly into your brains through your eyeballs. Oh, the horror. (laughs) Directly through the eyeballs. No. Apply directly to forehead. Apply directly to forehead. This spooky show. Apply apply directly directly to to forehead. forehead. (laughs) It's going to be lit, y'all. Very. We're going to have some fun prizes for you. We're going to have some fun. It's just going to be fun. Do you want to give them a little taste of one of the conspiracy theories? Uh, Well, of course, it would not be a conspiracy theory show if we did not talk about space Hitler. Of course. Duh. And that the moon doesn't really exist and is actually an illusion, is a hologram? Yes. 100. There are so... Guys, we had fun with this one. There are so many wackadoodle fucking conspiracy theories out there. Some of which were like, yeah, we know. So we'll go over some of the ones that you're familiar with. But holy hell, did we have fun digging for some of these really out there ones. Just saying, Middle Earth. Hollow Earth. You keep wanting to call it Middle Earth. No, I mean, I know it's hollow earth. <laughs> but we're going to call it Middle Earth, fuckers. Well, when we get into it, you'll see it's yeah. essentially Middle Earth in there. Vikings, supernatural humans, it's lit. Yeah, Nazi hobbits. Nazi hobbits. Yep. You heard us. Aryan elves. Yes. I mean, that's not that far off, actually. <laughs> I mean, if the shoe fits, wear it. <laughs> Why should Virginia bear it? Exactly. <laughs> Turn around, bend over, I'll show you where my shoe fits. Hamilton. Oh, God. Oh, Hamilton, God. <laughs> and as always, until then, stay, stay spooky, spooky, friends. friends.